can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. We figured since we've got a bit of spare time on our hands, we'd interview some of our fave celebs and influential figures in the beauty industry and share those interviews with you. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when a bonus episode drops. Just quickly, before we jump into our chat with today's guest, Kira Rumble, I do want to preface that in this episode, we will be discussing the topics of infertility, pregnancy, and miscarriage. And while Kira's message is very helpful and uplifting, for some of you, these topics may be a little bit too hard to listen to right now. So we just wanted to give you the heads up before we jump into this interview. So this um, interview was scheduled for last week and we were, you know, preparing for it. We were very excited, but it happened that you were very, very morning sick, Kira. So today we're speaking to Kira Rumble. You might know her from Instagram. Your Instagram's at K Rumble. I always read it as Crumble. It is Crumble. Do other people say that? Yeah, yes. Crumble. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like that's the best possible name you could have considering you have a food line. It's worked like out crumbled well. foods. It makes so much sense. But that's not really what we're here to talk about. What we're here to talk about is I did mention that you were very morning sick and you have recently announced that you're pregnant. Congratulations. Thank I you. couldn't be happier for you. But it has been a massive struggle for you and you've been very open about that on your socials. And this is something that I've really wanted us to talk about in this podcast for a long time because I've had very good friends go through fertility struggles and IVF and all of the stuff that comes along with that. And it's a very isolating experience. And I think what you've done on your channels has really opened a gate for women to come together and feel like they're not alone in this fertility journey. You see people announce their pregnancy and you're like, oh my God, they just got married like last month. You know, they've just gotten pregnant straight away and everyone thinks that that is the way that it should go. But for a lot of women, that's not how it goes. And understanding that there are sometimes struggles associated with it is really important. Um, So I wondered if you could tell us a little bit more about your fertility journey and the related health issues that you've had throughout this whole process that have gotten to where you are now. Yeah, sure. So thanks for having me on. Yes, uh, last week I was really struggling (laughs) and... um, this week I'm feeling pretty good. So I am pregnant with a beautiful IVF bubba. My journey to get to where I am has taken quite a few years and six pregnancy losses and a diagnosis of severe endo and PTSD from being misdiagnosed with an ectopic pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, I could talk for hours about my journey to where I am today, but I guess for me, my biggest thing that I really took control of my fertility journey back in January 2019 when I was going through my third and fourth pregnancy loss. I had a um, a heterotopic pregnancy, so a dual pregnancy, one in my uterus that miscarried and then an undiagnosed ectopic pregnancy. And it was at that point that I was trying to find my voice in a world where I didn't feel that I was allowed to have a voice. And... 
it was at that point where I decided that I needed to use my voice because I had finally found it to advocate for those that haven't found their voice yet in their fertility journey. So for me, pregnancy loss, stillbirth, you know, ectopic pregnancies and infertility, it's a really confronting, lonely place to be in. And without the right psychological support that I have leaned on with my psychologist and without the right support from my friendship groups and of complete strangers, I don't think I'd be in the point of being where I am. And so I just think that it's really important for people to trust their gut in instincts. I mean, it took me four fertility specialists to get a diagnosis of a genetic blood clotting condition that I've got. It was a bit of a shock to the system that it had taken three years to get a diagnosis, but then also it was a bit of a relief that I had possibly had a diagnosis of why this was happening. And so there's just a lot of, a lot of emotions going through this space of infertility and loss that it's just not spoken about. And I really felt that I'd been put on this journey for a reason and I was at peace with that reason. And I felt that the reason why I've been put on this journey is to be an advocate for those that are going through it. I mean, I speak to 20 plus women a day that are either going through a miscarriage, have had an ectopic, are trying to conceive. And it really, I have to hold space for them because they're really struggling. And I feel honoured that I am considered a safe space for those people. But it's really challenging for me because you know, we did IVF and I've fallen pregnant and I'm now, you know, in my second trimester. And it's just about trying to give a little bit of hope and support for those that are just feeling really dark. And it's, it's really hard. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's mind blowing in 2021 that women still don't feel like they can speak openly about miscarriage and, you know, the journey of going through IVF even is, you know, really not spoken about that much. It's just, it's baffling that women feel like they can't talk about that yet. And I hope at some point we get to a point where people do feel more comfortable speaking about it and it's not so much a taboo topic anymore. Yeah. I mean, I announced early that we were pregnant because half of my Instagram Mm. realized they're like, why are your boobs bigger? (laughs) Why haven't you been online much? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I sort of announced, but it's this 12 week safe window that people Mm. are conditioned to, to hold off announcing. And I really believe that if you're ready to tell people that you're pregnant, tell them early because people getting pregnant is an absolute miracle and a lot goes into getting pregnant and if you do lose that baby people can mourn with you and you mm. can get that support that you deserve and you need and I think it's it's really hard I think my sister said something about this whole 12 she's married and she was saying oh the whole 12 week thing She's like, if you don't tell your family and something does happen, like, don't you want, I guess, want that support from the people around you? Because if you keep it a secret, then you're really like silently suffering, like if things don't go the way that you hope that they will. hundred mm. percent. I think that that sort of really plays in on this loneliness of what people talk about and experience is They feel so alone and ashamed of their body and ashamed of what they're going through. But if you had even told just one person besides your partner, 
you might get that extra bit of support that you need to help you get through it. Mm. So I understand, you know, I respect everyone's wishes, but even my boyfriend got slack from his mates being like, God, bro, why did you announce so early? And he's like, because she wanted to, <laughs> she can do whatever she wants, but it's, yeah, it's just really, oh, it's hard. The whole, whole situation is hard. Mm. I think my mum had said, you know, when she was having kids, it was, you don't tell anyone, like literally no one for 12 weeks including your family. I remember her saying that. Yeah. I do think that has changed a little bit. Like yeah, how you've done it, has. Kira, announcing it early because you figured most people kind of have an inkling anyway. So I'm just going to, you know, put it out there because it probably would have been something you would have shared regardless of the outcome yeah. anyway yeah. on your platforms with what you do share, which is, I imagine, so helpful to so many women. I can't even imagine the amount of DMs that you'd be getting mm-hmm, from people. I, know. I can find it overwhelming at some times but I think it's Mm. you know if it upsets me for a split second but I can then you know help someone or find you know allow them to find some sort of comfort or some sort of safe space then I'll suck it up and you know help them it's just yeah it's a no-brainer and I think that when I you know people tell me before they even tell their partners that they're pregnant oh wow (laughs) And, you know, people that I've been speaking to for over a year that have gone through, you know, trying to conceive and everything, they'll send me a pregnancy test before they walk out to tell their partner. And it just, I get so emotional. (laughs) A, I'm pregnant and hormonal. Yeah, well, your pregnancy hasn't been completely smooth sailing. You've had an enlarged ovary, is it? Yeah, so they found, um, so part of IVF, you can get this thing called hyperstimulation. So basically you're trying to stimulate your ovaries to grow as many follicles as possible that contain eggs. And you can sometimes overstimulate these ovaries. And so for me, you know, normally you just stop the, you know, after you get the egg collection, you freeze the eggs and embryos and then you do once your body regulates but for me I had no symptoms of overstimulation so after transfer I got really sick and my stomach was so swollen my ovary my right ovary was a 10 centimeter ball so it's funny I'm now smaller being in my second trimester than I was in my first trimester in terms of my bump (laughs) (laughs) but what's even scarier is when I was inflamed from my endo my stomach is far larger than what I'm what I've got at the moment I'm waiting for the moment where I look the same I'm 14 and a half weeks I'm waiting for the moment I think I'll probably be 20 weeks and there'll be a comparison between my endo belly and my pregnant belly Mm. wow yeah I'm glad that you mentioned the endo because that's something that we've talked about on the podcast before as another silent thing that a lot of women deal with and don't talk about or or no one really understands what they're going through because they've never experienced it. And you've also been really open about your experience with that and the bloating and the discomfort that's associated with it. But that sort of subsides while you're, you know, going through your pregnancy, doesn't it? And then may reoccur post-pregnancy or is it always there? No. So I'm not having any endo symptoms. I'm pretty sure your hormones are suppressed or something like that. But basically it most likely recurs after, I think, mm-hmm. after you stop breastfeeding. So I'm going to have an 18-year-old son breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have endo symptoms. I'm pretty sure that's the way it works. <laughs> don't be alarmed if you see a giant adult on my boob. <laughs> I'm probably wrong with that. But anyway, um, yeah, it's endo is 
such a horrible thing to go through. I mean, I mm. launched our business into Coles during one of the biggest endo flare-ups I've ever had and I was doped up on endone in bed trying to act like everything was normal but it's such a horrible thing to go through and it's a lifelong disease and it takes women years to get diagnosed because people are conditioned Mm. to think that period pain is normal Mm. and while you know if you've got period pain it might not be endometriosis it might be a hormone imbalance it might be something else to have period pain that really stops you and prevents you from getting on with your day it's not normal yeah that's something that we discussed with dr Rayleigh Lou as well in that episode that if you do have periods that prevent you from living your life you can't go to work you're you know crippled by it that that's not normal and we probably should be educating women earlier that that kind mm. of symptom should be looked into so that they can get a diagnosis of something if there is something there. There may not be, but it's important to look into it. Now, you sent me a DM quite a few weeks ago before you announced you were pregnant, but then you told me you were pregnant. I was so excited. I could have cried. Um, but your skin was freaking out from all of the hormones, obviously. And I wanted to ask what you've been doing to keep breakouts at bay because you're looking very flawless now. Is this just the pregnancy glow coming through or what are we doing? Yeah, I remember I was like, who is going to help me with this? And then I obviously thought of (laughs) Joanna Fleming. (laughs) So I actually had really bad hormonal acne about a year and a half ago with my endo. I found that I was getting it all around my chin and jawline and nothing was working. So a few things helped but I've implemented recently some more things, which I'll talk about. So double cleanse, Mm -hmm. uh, a silk pillowcase and wash Mm. it regularly because if you get rid of, you know, the bacteria, I'm obviously not a expert on this, but if you get rid of that and then it's still on your pillow, you're going to be, you know, creating Mm. a buildup. Less is more. So I at nighttime used to do a five or a six step routine. And I literally have stripped it all back to just a facial oil. Mm-hmm. Now mm. a little magical person that I'm looking at, Joanna, she told me <laughs> about this uh, LED light. So I got mm. an LED light, light stim. Yeah. Yeah. And it has really helped so dramatically actually with my most recent breakouts, I literally just target it and put it all across my face, my lower half of my face and my chin and my jawline. And it turns an angry pimple into just in within 48 hours. It's just incredible. So Mm -hmm. I, I really believe that that is such a vital tool for anyone that's going through that. And obviously what you do internally is really important. So for me, sugar is a huge culprit to make my skin go cray. I think that was part of the reason why I created my line of Beauty Bites because Mm -hmm. I love chocolate. I have the biggest sweet tooth ever, but (laughs) if I eat chocolate, it ruins my skin for days on end. So I think that creating a low sugar, healthy, beneficial, functional snack like the Beauty Bites has really helped to, you know, curb those sweet cravings, but then also reduce the amount of sugar because a lot of those healthy snacks that you have have got the equivalent of two cinnamon donuts worth of sugar. Mm. Oh, I love a cinnamon donut though. Oh, so do well, I. Yes, I know you do, Joe. 
<laughs> yeah, I got addicted to the Beauty Bites in lockdown and I was like, does it defeat the purpose if I'm eating three in a row? It probably does. So maybe I'll just stick to the one. But 100%, they definitely curb the sugar cravings because it tastes like a naughty snack, but it's not, you know, at least some of these things you get like that artificial sugar taste in your mouth. And I can't stand that. I can't drink any diet soft drinks or anything because I can taste the like stevia or whatever they put in there, but it actually tastes like it's got real sugar in them, but it's like the tiniest, tiniest amount. When we were going to do our last interview, I was going to show you the amount of wrappers I had on my (laughs) desk from eating them at like 10.30 in the morning with my cup of tea. So I believe you're a big fan of gua sha's and crystal face rollers. What are your top tips for getting the most out of skincare tools like those ones? I am obsessed with gua sha. So I think if you're looking to make an investment, not that it's a really costly investment, um, I would 100% pick the gua sha over the facial roller purely because you see such an instant difference in your face. I've been taught how to gua sha by one of my beautiful friends, Stephanie Flockhart, who is incredible. She's very, very well-versed in traditional Chinese medicine. And she basically has given me two major tips, which are the angle. So you really want to be having an angle as close and flat to your skin as possible. You don't want to have it sort of at an angle. I can't, obviously I'm trying to talk, but I'm using my hands as on my face. (laughs) You don't want to have something straight up. You really want to glide that and point it to the back of your ear, if that makes sense, and use a good oil, a good facial oil. So in the morning, I will put on a serum and then a facial oil, and that is when I will start my gua sha. And for me, I use it pretty much six days out of seven. And, um, you know, lymphatic drainage is obviously a really important part of someone's routine. And I think it's, you know, while I don't drain and do lymphatic drainage on my whole body, I think that it's really important to sort of get that movement and that flow in that face. Mm -hmm. I have two flow on questions from that. Firstly, what facial oil are you using? Secondly, are you using anything on your tummy? Yes. I'm not using any gua sha or any lymphatic drainage on my tummy. Um, I'm no. using yeah, <laughs> product wise. I mean, <laughs> yeah, product. <laughs> um, I am such a lover of the Waleda skin food and their body oils. I have used the skin food for about five years now and I'm obsessed. So I'm obviously, my mum had really bad stretch marks with all of her pregnancies and I've got stretch marks already. So I'm just trying to be conscious. If I get them, I get them, but I'm just trying to make sure that my body is lubricated and hydrated. And the facial oil I use on my face is actually a facial oil that I have developed. Ooh. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> I couldn't find a natural skincare range that would be as good as my cosmeceutical products. Because mm, you're an aspect girl. I'm an aspect girl. And yeah, I'm pretty excited. It's taken a while to develop, but um, yeah, the results that I'm seeing are incredible. But obviously, I'm not here to spruce my own products and the brand <laughs> hasn't launched yet. But um, yeah. <laughs> How the hell um, do you have time to have the Beauty Bites and then also create another brand and then also be going through IVF and have endometriosis? Please explain how you have the time for that. Uh, I am very stubborn and I like <laughs> to do things a certain way. I am very particular 
And I have an incredible team that I've been fortunate enough to find along the way. So some of the brands I've noticed in your feed lately have been Chlorine, Walida and our one of our personal favourite brands, Ultraviolet. Have you got any fave products from these ranges you can share with us? I obviously, anyone that's listening to you beautiful ladies will know that sunscreen is essential. I actually found that out a little bit later in life, about two, three (laughs) years ago. Me too. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I thought that the sunscreen that was in my tinted moisturizer or in my foundation would suffice enough. I was so wrong. I just am so much more conscious and, you know, I'm, you know, all about inner beauty. But if you're then going and, you know, spending this money on your outer skincare and your inner beauty and then ruining it all by walking out without an SPF. Anyway, I'm preaching to the choir because you guys obviously know this. So the lean screen, <laughs> <laughs> the chlor- chloran or chlorine or however you pronounce it. I love their dry shampoo. I mean, especially in lockdown, it's essential to not wash your hair every day because who the hell cares? But I think having a little bit of dry shampoo and judging your hair up every now and then is essential. I love the quarterly cleanser. I love their brand. I think they're a really good, clean brand. Not skincare, but more makeup. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to find a good natural makeup brand. Mm-hmm. So Air Perez. Oof, yes. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. amazing. Their bronzer and their pots of blushes are heaven. I've heard good things about Air Perez. It's phenomenal. I've been using them for four or five years and I have not found another makeup brand that has been as good as them in terms of staying on. I love like Dr. Bronner's. They've got an amazing hand sanitizer that's lavender, Mm, heaven. That's my favorite. Oh, (laughs) I've got one in every room of my house. (laughs) So I feel like, and and it's not just IVF, I think it's just fertility in general. You know, I've been looking into freezing my eggs and what's really interesting as soon as I like openly said that, I had all these women like, I've had my eggs frozen, but no one actually talks about it. Like no one actually like, it's not like, coffee conversation like hey I'm 32 and I want to freeze my eggs Joe Joe and I obviously talk about it like it's coffee conversation Mm. what is kind of your best advice for like other women that are going through sort of similar situations in terms of their health and their fertility well firstly freezing your eggs in my opinion is such an empowering thing to do I speak to a Mm. lot of women asking about you know because part of IVF is actually going to the stage of getting egg collection And I reckon it's such a genius thing to be doing and it should be spoken about more. There should be rebates available to people to actually go, you know what, at the moment it's just not, you know, in part of what I need to be doing, but I need to think about my future family and foolproof my future. Uh, It angers me to feel that there are some women out there that just are so ashamed of it. But um, I guess my biggest thing for me is to trust your gut in anything I was misdiagnosed with an ectopic pregnancy back in January 2019 and four weeks I went up to the hospital saying there's something still wrong with me. I think I have an ectopic pregnancy. I've done my research. There's something wrong. And I was told to go to a psychologist because the pain that I was experiencing was more psychological than physical. Four weeks later, I got a scan and got rushed up to hospital, had emergency surgery. And they're like, it's funny because the day before I went up, patient thinks she has an ectopic pregnancy on the discharge report. And then 24 hours later, patient admitted with ectopic pregnancy. So it's just trust your gut. I ask all of my staff, I'm like, what does your gut say? 
my designers that do packaging, I'm like, what does your gut say? <laughs> it's just a thing that I say mm. now. So I think, yeah, trust your gut and know as lonely as you might feel during whatever you're going through, you're not alone and there are amazing support groups out there and just to the biggest thing that you could do is speak to people and if it's not your friends and family, there's an online charity called Pink Elephants which help people going through infertility and pregnancy loss and things like that and I I wish I'd found them earlier. I'm not paid by them to talk about them or anything. I just genuinely think that they're doing a phenomenal job. That's a really good recommendation and if anyone is interested to see more of your story and the content that you post they can go and follow you at krumble on Instagram. But thank you so much for not only sharing all of that stuff on Instagram, because I know how many women that would be helping and comforting, but also joining us today to share all of that journey. I know that you've probably like blurted it out many times on different podcasts, but I'm sure it doesn't get easier to kind of talk about all of that trauma and everything you went through. So thank you so much for joining us today. That's okay. It's nice to actually talk about skincare, which is obviously (laughs) something that it's so funny because you see how your body responds to grief and trauma through your skin. Mm. And I guess that was one of the biggest things to help me throw me into, you know, wanting to start these businesses and wanting to speak about it is you're you're literally, your skin screams out Mm. for help before you actually even know you need help. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. So true. Thanks, Kira. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.